Hey, do you need a UK representative, a Swiss representative or a European authorized representative for your medical device industry? Okay, so you can contact now Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com info info at easymedicaldevice.com and we'll help you for that. So talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we wanted to follow up on what's happening actually at the EU Commission because uh, after many maybe discussions, they finally made a proposal uh, to postpone the IVDR uh, or postpone the depth of application. Or maybe we, we will see that just after because I don't know if it's really a postponement. Uh, and we will discuss with uh, Eric Verbrecht, who is already shaking his hand, <laughs> his head <laughs> to say maybe no. So it's why I was careful just to say the word postponement because of that. So Eric, welcome to the Medical Device Medici Podcast. Thanks for having me on here. And uh, sorry about the mess in my home uh, office. <laughs> no problem. So, um, Eric, uh, as I've said, so we had a surprise last week and uh, the, there was my, my phone was popping up with a lot of messages saying IVDR is postponed, IVDR is postponed, where IVDR is postponed. It's like, it was like they were winning a game. So, but after reading the thing, it, uh, there is no IVDR postponed. So there was some kind of proposal. But before to arrive just to this section of the news, if I can say, um, what was the situation now on IVD, IVD products, manufacturers? Because, um, yeah, the situation was not good, if I can say. So before we go to what, was, what is proposed now. Yeah, I think if you say not good, that would be, uh, you would earn the price for euphemism of the day. Uh, okay. I think if you would say it's really bad, it would be closer. Because um, I remember back in 2018, uh, Dario Pirovano of uh, Medic Europe was saying uh, at a conference like, uh, hey, for uh, 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 IVDs, we will need a 780, so that's 780% in uh, notified body capacity increase. And before that, we already had the, uh, well, that also more or less became a meme, uh, the, the BSI quantum leap uh, meme. I don't know if you've seen that, but with, yeah. the, uh, uh, with the, the, the two bars that were inverted, right? On, uh, first you had like 10%, 90%, and that went like to, to 90%, 10% exactly. uh, notified body. I remember uh, Sabina Osha at the time being uh, with uh, BSI uh, presenting that. And basically, then already we knew that we would end up here. And she was, she was, BSI was already saying this in 2017 when the, when the, the IPDR uh, entered into force. So basically where we are now is that, that we are in a situation where uh, uh, also the, the commission and the member states have stopped uh, doing a la, 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 <laughs> sort of opened up their ears and decided like, okay, this is maybe, maybe uh, the other, the rest of the world was sort of right in saying that this was a complete disaster in the making. We should do something. 
Now, what, uh, uh, and then this proposal came. So what are they trying to do in this proposal? They are, going, they are trying to manage a couple of things. Okay. Uh, first of all, of course, there's an enormous backlog as a result of COVID. Okay. Uh, that resulted, among other things, in not enough notified bodies and not enough notified body capacity because it's always a difficult discussion. You can say there's not enough notified bodies, but the number of notified bodies isn't that interesting. The capacity that a notified body represents, that is interesting. But still, if you look at capacity, there's also not enough notified bodies, uh, only six at the moment uh, with not enough capacity to account for this 90% of the market that needs to turn around uh, uh, a self-certification into, uh, into an IVDR certificate. So this is, this is where we are. And now they finally decided, okay, we should do something. The commission had also uh, uh, already uh, uh, issued the joint implementation plan earlier this year, yeah. which was basically, you could say, the more dramatic version of the NDR joint implementation plan that we had seen the year before. And yeah, basically uh, uh, they've decided, okay, this can't wait any longer. Uh, also because if you, and that is something I've been telling clients for quite a long time, is if you uh, calculate back from the date of application, 22, uh, 22, uh, uh, sorry, 26 May, 2022, a, Typical conformity assessment procedure under the IVDR takes about a year because everybody yep. needs to get uh, experience with that. So if you did not have a conformity uh, assessment application in the works, in the door, at a notified body that's already notified by May this year, so basically, uh, uh, if you take uh, take your uh, Back to the Future uh, DeLorean and then yeah. drive back a couple of months, if you are not well on your way with this, this uh, with a conformity assessment application, you won't make it anymore. And this is basically the place where nobody is. And that's also what they try to represent in the uh, in the proposal. They've got this nice uh, table yeah. where they basically paint a picture that if I had any hair left, it would sort of stand up straight by reading it. Because... Um, Oh yeah, for the people that are curious, I lost the bed with my hairdresser. So, uh, <laughs> I was asking the same when I when I saw Eric for the first but, time. Um, <laughs> so that's that's where this is coming from. And then they decided, okay, we are going to do something. Now, industry uh, uh, was always uh, saying like, we need a delay, we need a delay, we need a delay, because that's that's sort of the game that they learned with the MDR was going to help. But uh, I knew from the inside uh, that it was pretty clear that a delay was not on the table. Also, because basically a whole delay wasn't going to uh, help very much. So what, the, what they decided to do is basically do a mix of the uh, corrigendum that they did for the MDR, MDR in yeah. 2019. So basically uh, do something for upclassified devices but uh, they also decided if we move everything to uh, 2024, like they did with the corrigendum of the MDR, so the commission learned a bit there, then you will have this total clusterfuck, sorry for the word, at the end with all these 
uh, manufacturers.com at the same time. So exactly. everybody needing all these legacy devices need a new certificate. So they decided, okay, you know what we're going to do. We are going to basically uh, do this. Uh, we are going to do a phased legacy devices system, basically. So is, so, is it, so when, when you say, when you say uh, that this process that they are doing or they are, they are mentioning is mainly, uh, as we said, to help uh, first the notified bodies to have everybody, if I can say, under control. Uh, this doesn't solve apparently for now the number of notified bodies that are available. Uh, so it's not like something that will increase the capacity. So um, is, is, this, is this, I mean... Uh, Maybe the first question that I want to ask you, but maybe is we talked about MDR. We mm -hmm. said about the fact that um, MDR also had the same situation. We had a, a, a postponement. Here we we ask for this postponement like eight months or before, if I can say the date of application, or six months before, six seven months before the date of application. So when before MDR, it was like one month before. So did they saw really that this this urgency? was important also for the manufacturer so that they can be prepared or it was like um, something like where they, they see that there is no control at all now and it's why we have really to provide some rules now so the market is reassured also. Yeah, I think a lot of these things at the same time. Uh, first of all, uh, with the MDR, of course, they did an extremely quick legislative procedure which basically meant that uh, it was a kind of pre-pack procedure where everybody had already agreed ahead on everything and the European Parliament basically had to sign on the dotted line uh, and I remember at the time that there were voices from the European Parliament that they weren't very happy with that uh, and that they want if, if anything like this happened again with the delay for the IVR obviously they wanted more time to look at it. So this is one of the reason, prob reasons probably why they uh, also decided to take more time with this uh, procedure. Um, and even though there was a letter from the European Parliament signed by Peter Liese, uh, among others, uh, the, the rapporteur at the time for the IVDR, that letter only says we need a delay. It doesn't specify anything. So that means that I would assume that also the, the, the European Parliament wants to take a look at this proposal, whether it will really work for them as well. And for that reason, they, yeah, they are just going to need more time, I think. But even then, yeah, there's, there, there's very little time. I mean, with the MDR, we've seen that you can do it in, in just in, in about two and a half months, which nobody wants this time. But on the other hand, they will also need to complete the procedure uh, in time for 26 May. So that, that gives them... Uh, Theoretically, you could say if they are aiming at, uh, I don't know, publication on 5 May, <laughs> that would be the very last moment they could actually do it. Then you can count back to now and then it's basically uh, yeah, seven months or something, slightly more. So uh, yeah, anywhere between seven, seven and a half months and two and a half months, I think is realistic to uh, expect something to happen if, of course, I mean, it is it's a legislative proposal, Uh, if this proposal is actually going to mature to uh, to, to uh, legislative change, so uh, so here uh, as we said, so there is the, so you expect we expect if I can say to have the answer by May or what is the expectation probably, now? Probably earlier. I mean, if they're if they're a bit clever, then they're not going to uh, 
not uh, going to aim at the very last. I've seen estimates saying it'll be done in about four months, okay. possible. Uh, I think that's probably a bit more realistic, but the theoretical bandwidth for this to become law is, uh, um, is uh, yeah, I mean, publication beginning of May, so then we would actually know it. And then another 20 days for the, uh, for the proposal to enter into force. But yeah, it's likely that by, by, by uh, let's say, end of the first quarter next year, it should be clear where this is going. Okay. So um, in terms of uh, the, the products that, I, I mean, as we said also uh, many times ago, so we have a complete change of this regulation, I mean, between FVDD and IVDR, which makes it like 90% of the products that were self-certified before under IVDD will become classified under IVDR and need a notified body, which is really a huge number because there is a lot of products like that. Uh, so uh, uh, we, you, you've said that there is kind of uh, waves, if I can say, uh, in terms of the IVDR execution. So what are the different dates for each type of product? So do we have a date per products, per classification, per category? What is exactly the rules that they, they want, they propose, because it's a proposal, let's say, again? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you asked, because uh, I've been uh, doing a little, bit, a little bit of doodling uh, before okay. this session. I will, uh, I will make a PDF uh, off of this, so you can put it in the show notes. Okay, great. Thank you. But uh, So basically, what you can see is that... Uh, I don't know if yeah, I see really... class A, B, C, D, and with the different. Yeah, so uh, maybe it's better to do it this way. Yeah. Yeah, for the people that are not seeing that. On the this screen. way is bigger. Yeah, we can see. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so hard to do it in. Uh... Yeah, make it, make it as PDF, <laughs> and people, people will maybe see then after with the, with the PDF. I would, I would be a terrible weatherman. Um, <laughs> Anyways, but there's, there are, there are uh, what I've done is I've made horizontal bars for the, uh, for the, uh, for the classes of products. Yeah. Uh, and I've made a vertical, uh, a vertical timeline. So the first thing that you see what they do is that uh, you've got the IVDs that already have a CE certificate. Okay. So the 10% so that were IVDD already. Exactly. The, uh, these ones, uh, they, that's why I also put here four little asterisks for the notified body number. And what they've done for those, so these are subject to Article 110, Section 2. What they've done for those is they said, hey, you know what? You had a grace period of two years because this is very important. The date of application doesn't change. Okay. The date of application of the IVDR remains the same, but they've moved a bit in the backward dates. So for the, for the devices that already have a CE certificate, they said, you know what? We are going to give you one year of additional grace period. So rather than say, 26 May 2024, you get another year. So three years, just like we have for, for the MDR. Okay. And after that, the green arrow, you have to be IVDR compliant. So you okay. need an IVDR CE mark. Then there are... Oops, there are the class D devices. Class D devices, and that's, that's the article. Highest uh, class, yeah. 110 section three situations, but that's uh, blood, uh, blood-borne diseases uh, tests and so on. These guys, 
become legacy devices. And these legacy devices can be legacy devices, so can continue under the IVDD, uh, provided that they, just like in the MDR, they already implement certain quality system parts of the yeah. MDR, like post-market surveillance, economic operator, registration, yeah. uh, vigilance reporting, these things, until 26 May 2025. And okay. after that, it's green arrow uh, IVDR, also under the condition that they don't undergo a significant change. Yeah, so the same as the rule for MDR. So if you exactly. are on the transition period, any significant uh, change makes you fall under the IVDR now. That's very important because if you change something in your essay, what we don't know, what a significant change in the IVDR will be because we've got MDCG guidance that says significant, significant change under the MDD is yep. this. Uh, so there's a lot you can actually glean from that. But what we don't know, for example, is let's say you change something in, uh, in, your, uh, in your essay in the chemical composition. Is that a significant change? Yeah. I would say probably yes. But uh, so we also need additional significant change guidance for the IVDR. So MCG guidance is waiting then. Exactly. Class C, they are saying, okay, class C, same thing. But class C is, uh, uh, is legacy until 26 May 2026. And then there are two classes that are legacy until uh, 26 May 2027. That's class B and sterile class A devices. And then, of course, this is a problem, the normal class A devices, nothing. So IVDR applies fully to the normal class A devices. So let's say I have a mass spectrometer, mm -hmm. which is not sterile, but it's a class A device because it's a, it's a lab instrument. Tata, you are in class A from the very beginning. So from 26th of, it's the same as for MDR, for 26th of May 2022, uh, like class one, the class A devices have to apply MDR, uh, IVDR, Immediately, so there is no chance. But we suppose that the, the, this number will be really low of the, of the number of products that are really class A, yes. because as we said, it's a complete invert now. Minority of products. And then, of course, that, that also invites another uh, important question, because I was saying class D, class B, class A, class and so on. But this is something that companies, IVD companies, have already got to start with, because they have to classify their product now because if they don't classify their products, they don't know how long it's going to be a legacy product. Yeah, because remember that with IVDD, it was list one, list two, or general uh, thing. So it, it's not really the same classification at all. Uh, so yeah, you have really to do this exercise to use the rules that are now defined under IVDR for that, which is the same way that we are doing under MDR. But as I've told you, it's a complete change for uh, the IVD companies because they, are, they were not used to do, uh, to do that before. Um, in-house produced devices. So as I've said, maybe just before we record that, so uh, this maybe deserves a full podcast episode, uh, but maybe just as an introduction, what is those in-house produced devices from IVD and mm -hmm. what are the concerns related to that? Yeah, so the in-house produced devices, I think we should do another episode about that because it's, it's, it's a complex subject. Basically, this, this concerns... Um, 
what Americans would call LD, uh, uh, LDTs, lab developed yeah. tests, which we are not allowed to call LDTs in Europe because we have another concept for that and other criteria as well. Um, we have in-house uh, in-house uh, uh, produced devices, uh, which exist both under the MDR and the IVDR. Uh, and for uh, many hospitals, for example, they develop their own tests that for they can't buy in the market, for example. So let's say you've got a very uh, novel COVID mutation, for example, I don't know, the uh, Epsilon uh, variant or something like that, or the Theta variant that, uh, that, that there, are no commercial, uh, there are no commercial assays for it yet, but you develop one and you are going to use it uh, uh, clinically that would typically fall under, uh, under, this, uh, under this provision. Now, there is, uh, uh, there is a regime in, this, uh, uh, in the, in the uh, uh, proposal for amendment because the uh, uh, hospitals uh, and labs have done a very successful lobby in Brussels to show that basically, uh, uh, yeah, the, lab, the labs and the hospital labs were just not ready for full application of Article 5, Section 5. So uh, they were lobbying for uh, all, kinds of, uh, all kinds of things. And in the end, what's in the proposal, that's what the uh, commission is apparently uh, prepared to give. So also for them, it's not a delay, very important. What happens is that the uh, proposal delays certain parts of Article 5, Section 5. So for example, the need to have a full quality system, the need to have an ISO 15189 accredited lab, which apparently a lot of these labs are still not, uh, um, uh, and, and things like that. But on the other hand, it also doesn't delay other things. Like, for example, uh, what the proposal does not do is, for example, delay the obligation to have an Annex 1 file for your in-house produced device as of the date of application. Okay. So if I, what I've seen in the Netherlands, at least, is that one of the, the things that these hospitals, uh, hospital labs had a lot of difficulties with is building these uh, uh, technical documentation, basically, for their in-house produced devices in time. And that actually, that obligation has not gone away. Uh, so, uh, so does it mean that um, like consultants like me should now chase some hospitals to help them to to do that job, or what's uh, I mean, they have to do the same as the manufacturer. They have to build some kind oh, of documentation oh, the same. You could do that, but they wouldn't have any money to pay you for your yeah, work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of sad because uh, that that is invariably the problem that I see with, uh, with, with hospital labs is that they get a lot of extra homework, but they don't get uh, additional budget to do the work. And of course, they can't find any IVDR uh, schooled regulatory people because there aren't any. Yeah. I remember, I remember Basil Acra making a really funny joke when uh, the expert panels for the MDR needed to be populated. It was like, where will they find these people? Are they all hiding on the dark side of the moon? Exactly. <laughs> <Have> they <been? laughs> will they clone them from aliens? And that's the same problem with the IVDR, that there's just not enough people to make this whole thing work. And that's also... Uh, propagates all the way down to the uh, to the to the hospital uh, labs, uh, unfortunately. 
So yeah, but so we talk about that more in a different episode. Exactly. exactly. So much you can say about it. Let's explain better if I can say this process because I think that yeah, as we said, there is really uh, it's really complicated, and for hospitals, um, I think yeah, it will be a challenge in future. So let's have that in another episode. Um, my next question is mainly about uh, so we know that that we have some Brexit and Swixit, etc. So and we know that there was a lot of copy of those the MDR or the MDD or the CE if I can say within those countries. Um, does this proposal? kind of uh, change or, or impact the UK or Switzerland related to their regulation or their legislation? Because as I said, they are trying to copy a bit what, what we are doing here in Europe. So yeah. is there yeah. already some kind of discussion about these changes? Well, I know that I've, I've heard that uh, from, uh, from contacts in the UK that basically they, they are thinking about mirroring uh, this, uh, this phase-in because they have no choice. I mean, the UK is on the outside, so uh, they can't produce all their own uh, IVDs. So um, since they're close to Europe, they, they basically have no choice. And I haven't heard anything from Switzerland, okay. but I think Switzerland is always closer to the, uh, to the EU with their legislation anyway. I mean, Uh, we just before the recording started, we were joking about how they made these uh, direct links yeah. from the uh, the medical device ordinance into the MDR, and I would be amazed if they wouldn't just copy uh, this phasing uh, mechanism. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so yeah, let's see what what they will be doing. I mean, I, as as we said, we heard that from since last week, so it's not like something that maybe will be um, uh, will be uh, in. I'm pretty sure they are already. Uh, drafting an amendment exactly. to the medical device ordinance that will enter into force uh, on the same date that this proposal uh, enters into force, if it makes it. And, and remember also that uh, in the UK, there is actually this uh, a consultation on the new uh, regulation for, for UK yeah. markets. So maybe this was also the good time for the change. So the, just to make, to build the, the new, pro the new, uh, the new regulation. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll hear more about that. So uh, Eric, now we, we covered, if I can say, all the situation about this IVDR, um, now that people heard about it, what should they do now? I mean, is there some kind of action plan? Like we say, what is your scenario? What's the scenario that you would propose to them? Well, um, yeah, it's, it's basically, um, well, first of all, from a risk management perspective, this is a legislative proposal, right? So uh, theoretically, everything can still happen if the okay. proposal might not make it. And if the proposal doesn't make it, then uh, yeah, you're, we're back to the way the IVDR is. Proposal may make it, but significantly amend it. So, I mean, we've seen what they did to the MDR and the IVDR on the way in the legislative process. And they took their sweet time to do it. There's not so much time now, but still, you could still have uh, amendments. Now, that could be an excuse to say, for example, uh, I'm going to just sit on my hands, right? I'm going to yeah. do the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't sit on your hands, but do the sit on your hands. <laughs> no, definitely not. If your management want to sit on their hands, then uh, teach them this uh, don't sit on your hands uh, Macarena sequence uh, so they get some biofeedback on that. It's a, it's a bad idea. Um, because one way or the other, the date of application is moving towards you and you need to engage with the date of application. So there's, there's several things you need to do uh, 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 for that. 
So first of all, uh, as we just mentioned when we were discussing uh, classification, uh, you need to classify your IVD to know in basically in which group of the uh, uh, of the phasing or legacy devices you are. It's also very important that you start planning if you are going to be a legacy device, for example, because you can't go to IVDR as quickly as you want, which I still recommend because we've seen with the MDR that it's going to be a complete mess at the end with this huge pileup of, uh, uh, of, of uh, devices that needs to go into the MDR. Yeah. So go into the IVDR earlier rather than later. But it also means that you need to do uh, several things. You need to plan a slot with your notified body. You need to have your technical documentation and your quality system ready. And also, uh, and that's something that, that I see with quite a lot of IVDs, is that they don't have sufficient clinical performance data. So uh, uh, if you look at the, the, the data that you need under the IVDR, there's a new category, right? Uh, there's uh, analytical data and scientific uh, data, but you also need clinical performance data now. This is a category that, that a lot of IVDs never have gone after, so they still need to uh, get that data. And that will take time. So, uh, and, and usually, these IVDs have never uh, been subject to proper post-market uh, performance follow-up. So the data just isn't there, which means that companies need to start generating the data now. And that takes time. So start with that immediately. So In-house uh, labs, I would say you need to continue as you were planning anyway, because you need to make all these, technic all these uh, uh, technical files for your uh, IVDs, for example. Yeah. So it's it's basically uh, I would say, basically I would say it's still all hands on deck because uh, yeah uh, you need a plan B which is basically the plan B is uh, proposal doesn't make it and then we're back to the old timelines so and and in the best scenario you would need to find a way to make sure that your uh, certification as uh, 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 as, as IVDR certified device lands before the end of your block in the, uh, 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 as a legacy device. And of course, then there are pure class A IVDs, yeah. which need to comply uh, by 26 May immediately. So uh, self-certified, so there is no need of notified body. So it means that you have less hurdle, if I can say, to, to, be, uh, to prepare documentation to be on the market. Uh, you still mm -hmm. need to be compliant, so don't uh, don't mess up with that. But uh, yeah, we, we you have to be ready by the 26th of May, 2021. Um, so uh, as we as you said, also uh, a lot of those products never uh, went through an assessment also from a notified body. So it will be a first time for employees. So there is a, a lot of first thing, first time for 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 those um, those companies that will happen. So uh, yeah, be prepared. Uh, yeah, work with professionals that can help you for that. Uh, because mainly yeah, it will be a long journey and you will discover that uh, this is not really an easy one sometime. Uh, it would be just... like a first contact with aliens, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean... And that's, that's, that's something Martin Witte also said on one of your podcasts, that, that the, the most problems they see actually is with manufacturers that get their submission wrong from the start because exactly. they don't have enough experience with, uh, with notified bodies. So it's exactly. important for these IVD people. So um, you can hire me. I will do a full, if I can say, notified body audit with you. 
it will be like uh, I mean I call that like police interrog interrogatory so you are in the room I will put the light on you and you have to <laughs> answer questions I mean sometimes it looks really like that when you are in front of some auditors it looks really like that and uh, you can be a surprise so be prepared for that and prepare your team uh, because it's really a game to play if I can say so you have really to understand the rules and, and how, how it is working uh, just a reminder Eric you have still your book now but you told me that you will have a second edition because of this proposal now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, well, the, the, the book came out uh, just around the, uh, the date of application of the MDR. So yeah. already then I started and it is current as to beginning of April 2021. So a lot happened since then. So I'm working like crazy now to uh, to update everything in a second uh, second edition, which is going to come out uh, towards the end of uh, first quarter next year. Okay, that's current planning, and there will also be a lot more uh, detail on the IVDR in there, and also all the updates on the MDR. This proposal will be discussed. But for example, the book already has a discussion on uh, on IVDR classification, so uh, that's uh, that's already in there. So uh, and a lot of other IVDR uh, materials. So it's, it's still a good investment, even at this point. So don't hesitate. Uh, go to the show notes. I will place uh, all the information there for uh, for Eric and the book, etc. Uh, Eric, you will send me this uh, PDF so uh, with uh, the yes. timeline that uh, the this piece of art, as I said, maybe it will cost millions in future. So <laughs> we can uh, already have that for people so that they can look at it. Um, but yeah, I, I hope this will be really helping everyone because mainly uh, this is a difficult situation. Uh, information are coming. There is a lot of changes that are ongoing. We don't know what will happen in the future. So don't look at this proposal like it's a deal done. There will maybe be some changes, uh, but yeah, at the end, it's a good news also. So let's a bit celebrate that it's a good news that this happened for IVD uh, manufacturers because we knew from the beginning that uh, there was already a lot of problems for them to be compliant and to be uh, ready for uh, for that. And I suppose, yeah, now the EU Commission, as you said, <laughs> stopped to <laughs> put their fingers on their heels and now they are listening to us. Um, last word, Eric. Sorry? No, I said the last word. Last word, yeah, don't use the word delay for this because it's not a delay. It's, it's really, even if you are a legacy device, as we've discussed, you really, you have homework because you already need to implement all these quality management systems uh, 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 requirements for the MDR. And even, even economic operators uh, is something that, uh, that you need to engage with. I've written uh, in my uh, initial blog all analysis of this proposal what the uh, influence also is on economic operators. So it means that basically, as of the date of application, your distributors, even if you are a legacy device, may already need to follow the uh, IVDR rules for distributors and importers. And that is actually, that's a lot of work. That's also something companies may need to uh, uh, have completed before uh, May 26. So that's something else that they need to look at. So don't think it's delay. It's partial deference of specific criteria. That's, that's how you should look at it. So uh, I will also put uh, on the show notes uh, Eric's blog on, on this, on the IVDR postponement so that they can have a, a better, more details and some links of the, of the, all the elements. 
which will help you. I hope for that because yeah, um, there is many other maybe things that are uh, hidden behind that. So don't uh, look at the big picture. Really try to look at the details because uh, and uh, yeah, because mainly there there is a lot of things that can be specific for you and some others that are not specific at all for you. So uh, okay, Eric. So really, thank you for that. I hope really that uh, this will help a lot of people. And uh, yeah, we'll prepare this episode about in-house, uh, in-house, how you call that, in-house produced devices uh, so that we can also explain for hospitals that maybe are listening to this podcast how they should uh, be uh, compliant uh, for, for the IVDR on that. Okay, Eric, so wish you a nice day and uh, talk to you soon then. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.